What's up, everybody? On today's podcast, we're going to talk about the single biggest expense that you're going to have the rest of your life and how real estate can potentially help you solve that. Stay tuned. I love that intro song, Make Me a Believer. I feel like there's so many people as a, you know, as a financial advisor for so many years, it's like people are so used to doing things a certain way, right? I mean, this world in our life is about how we're marketed to. You know, the person that markets the best gets their message out the, the you know, the uh, most frequent is the one that wins the battle of what people then take as what I would call gospel, right? And that is that we should go to college, get a good job, and you know, go to college, get a good job, and uh, get some student loan debt, and then contribute to our 401k the rest of our lives. And, and I'm not saying that, that 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 doesn't work for some people, right? But I know as I was getting out of college, I thought that that was the only path for me. Just like, you know, and let me kind of tie this back into where I'm going with, with today's episode. And that being said, is people traditionally thinking that the only thing that they can invest in are stocks, bonds, mutual funds now. And uh, that, that shift started to happen when my grandparents, uh, you know, were, were kind of the last group, if you will, last, you know, working class that really received pensions. And pensions were a great thing back in the day because you could just decide to do what you wanted to do for a living. You know, if you said, hey, I'm going to be a pharmacist, you only had to wake up every single day and focus on being a pharmacist, okay? And you just had to put in your 25, 30, 35 years. They would throw you the going away party, the gold watch and that whole deal. And uh, you get to go live your life. And every single month, they would make deposits into your bank account from your pension, and the, the company was in charge of how that money was managed. You didn't have to wake up and worry about it every single day. It wasn't, wasn't on your plate of responsibilities. We'll shift back into the late 70s. All of a sudden, you know, the pension system started going away. And now all of a sudden, this new system, 401k system, if you will, they call it a defined contribution plan system to just, you know throw some jargon in there so that I sound really, really smart. But you had this guy by the name of Ted Bennon that said, hey, these pension systems are so expensive to fund. We're going we're gonna to get rid of them. We're going to create this new system. And uh, when the 401k system was actually, when it actually was started, it really wasn't to replace pensions. It was a system for highly compensated employees so that they had some place to put their money and they could get a tax break and La-di-da, you know, corporate America said, no, nah, that's that's what we're permanently going to go to. And so enter this new era. So if this is you, uh, you know, this will be you. You know, it's one of those things like I'm not I'm not going to be around the bush. I, I, I'm about to describe you. So you have this passion in your life. It may or may not be your current job, but whatever it is that you do for a living, you get to wake up and do that every single day because you've made the choice to do that, whatever that thing is, okay? Maybe you're a doctor, a dentist, a plumber, whatever, electrician, and you not only have to wake up every single day and you know, practice your craft, 
okay? And you've got to become the best at whatever it is that you're doing. And you've got to put the time in as things change in the medical field. You've got to stay up to date on all the new procedures and medication and the plumbing world, whatever, right? And so you've got to worry about all of that. But now on top of that, it's your responsibility to figure out how to retire, okay? Not only to figure it out, but you, part of that equation is figuring out how much do you need. And I know as a financial advisor, nobody thinks about that question. So I'm going to pose that to you. How much do you need to have saved so that you can live the way you want to live, right? And uh, not so you can pull back your standard of living, but so that you can maintain your standard of living, right? Your golden years, you know, that retirement phase of your life shouldn't be a survival phase. It should still be a thriving phase, okay? But it, you can only thrive instead of survive if you have enough income coming in, okay? And so one, identify how much money you need to have saved. The second thing is you've got to figure out where to save it, how to invest it, okay? Making sure that it's in a place where you're not taking too much risk, where it can grow, and I would tell you the number one mistake that I've seen over the years, 10 plus years doing this, sitting down with, I don't even know how many people. At one point I had a firm where we had, uh, you know, probably a hundred advisors or so that were showing, that uh, were out helping people. And I'll tell you, the number one mistake that I saw without a doubt was people investing in things that they didn't understand. Okay. And I see that happening today. People invest in things they don't understand. Now, they're happy when it, they're making money and whatever that investment is, is going up. Okay, but as soon as it goes down, that's when they start to really question. They say, well, this is a bad investment. But they don't know why it's a bad investment because if they were being truthful, and if you're being truthful, and again, uh, this may not be you. So if it isn't, then you're one of the... You're the anomaly here. You're one of the few, right? But for the majority of people, they don't know why it was a good investment to why they thought it was a good investment to begin with, and they don't they only know that it's a bad investment now because it's they've had an experience they didn't like. You know, most likely it's lost money somehow, right? And so at the very beginning of the podcast, I said we're gonna talk about solving the number one expense that you're gonna have throughout your entire life. And you're probably waiting for me to get to that point. And the point is this, right? Number one expense, think about it. You know, for those of you that have kids, you're probably thinking, oh man, it's my kids hands down, right? If you're like me, I have three girls and a boy and the girls, you know, hands down, they're expensive, right? Uh, four girls, you include my wife. She's the most expensive of them all, right? And uh, I'm obviously joking, of course, um, not really, but what are you going to do, right? And uh, so you might be thinking your kids, you might be thinking, uh, I don't know, dental work, uh, health care insurance, right? But this, is, this thing is more expensive than all of those things put together, and that is the taxes that you will pay throughout your life, okay? And as I said that, a lot of you said, well, duh, Right? I know I'm going to pay a lot of taxes, right? Two things that are guaranteed, death and taxes. So taxes. So how could real estate help solve your taxes? Okay, let's approach this a couple of different ways. One, again, my recommendation to you is you sit down with a CPA who understands about real estate taxes. I am not a CPA, okay? So I am not giving you advice related to any specific situation. 
I obviously don't know you. I'm speaking in generalities based on my past experience. So don't get twisted and say, Terrence gave me all this crazy advice. Um, you know, you want some advice specific to you. Let's sit down. Let's talk about your specific situation. So I digress. <clears throat> moving, moving on now. Um, how does this, how does real estate solve your tax problem? Okay. Let's take the first person. The first person is somebody who works for somebody else. You receive a W-2 income, okay, and uh, you have to file taxes as an employee, okay? The bummer about being a W-2 employee is the government hates you, right? I should say the IRS loves you, right? Because the tax code was not written for you. It was written for your employer who has all the benefits and all the deductions and you get very, very few of them. Okay, and uh, you know you probably already know this. You get to keep very little, and so how can it help you? Okay, this is how it can help you: is you can purchase real estate. Okay, uh, form an LLC as an example. You'll want to meet with a tax advisor again to make sure you choose the entity that makes the most sense. Um, what we often do is we'll start an LLC. We will have it elected to be taxed as an S corporation. And what does that do? We have now created a business entity. And this business entity is going to be dedicated to real estate. So now we're going to go out and buy real estate. Why is that a big deal? Because now we have this entity that operates as a business and the expenses related to that business now become deductible. Okay. If uh, you go read a book, Tax-Free Wealth or Tax-Free Income or something, it's a guy by the name of Tom Wheelwright, and he is the rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki's tax advisor. And he's on the record all the time saying, if you buy real estate and you pay taxes, right, then you are doing it wrong, okay? So as you're an employee now and you've created this business entity, now all of a sudden all these expenses related to real estate can be deductible. So for example, you take your husband, your wife, your grandma, your aunt, uncle, whomever out to dinner, you guys have a discussion about the real estate business, and there is an opportunity for to deduct that meal. Okay, you now have the ability to set up a home office that is dedicated to your real estate business that now becomes a tax deduction. Mileage related to your real estate business can be a tax deduction, right? So you get my point. Now you have all of these things that can now create uh, an opportunity for you to reduce your taxable income, okay? Uh, All the expenses related to the real estate. So your insurance, your property taxes, your, you know, um, property management fees, um, any anything related to the property. See, one of the biggest fears when people get into real estate is, what if I have to put money into this rental property? Well, listen, if you're investing right in the way that we, you know, help people invest, your property will be positive. Will produce positive cash flow. Okay, so if you have to take, you know, five hundred dollars that year and put it into your rental property, guess what? That now becomes a deduction. Okay, so it may feel like you're pulling. It's like you're pulling money out of your left pocket, and all you do is you're sticking it in your right pocket. Okay, and uh, again, you can sit down with a qualified CPA. 
We happen to work with K&R Tax. They are one of the best on the planet, in my opinion. And uh, there's obviously others you can go out and interview. But that is the key to building, building real estate. So how can, as a W-2 employee, owning real estate offset your taxes? Well, I just laid it out for you. Okay, And many other things that I didn't even get into because I'm not going to spend you know, 30 minutes going over everything. But uh, it, you know, we, that's part of what we do in helping people set up real estate. Okay, So getting an entity set up can help offset that W-2 income that the IRS loves to take freely and generously from you and your family. Okay, let's talk about the second type of person. <clears throat> you probably have maybe tuned out there for a second and said, well, I am not a W-2 employee. I own my own business. Okay, so how can this help me? Okay, well, there's two ways it can help you. One is one day, think about this, one day, possibly, you're not going to want to wake up and run your current business. You're not going to want to put braces on forever. Uh, work on teeth, do plumbing, whatever it is that you do, right? whatever kind of business it is. And when that day comes and you sell that business, shut it down, whatever it is that you do, guess what you're no longer going to be able to do with your retirement income? Okay? Probably wondering what that is. Well, think about it. You no longer have a business, so you no longer get to enjoy all of the deductions that you've had your entire life now they've gone away, most of them. I can't say definitively 100% of them, but a lot of them because now you don't own a business, okay? But if you've saved, you still have, you have income coming in because that's what you need to live on. So what, again, what you do is you'll, you'll buy rental properties and you'll wrap them in an LLC, taxes and S corporation. And now all of a sudden you have this legitimate business entity and all of the deductions or a lot of the deductions you've been used to taking, they all of a sudden, they continue. And you have this business that produces income through your rental properties. And uh, you get to enjoy what all business owners enjoy. And that is taking advantage of the tax code as it was written for people that want to own real estate and operate businesses. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's one way it can help you. The second way is you can start some type of retirement plan, whether that is a solo 401k because it's just you and, and a significant other, spouse, whatever, partner, and you can start a solo 401k and as of 2018, put in $55,000. If you're over 50, you can put in an additional $6,000. <clears> so you can get a lot of money into a, into a 401k. And the money that you put into that solo 401k can go to offset the taxes that you'd pay, okay? And the great thing about that is, is if it comes down to writing a check to Uncle Sam or to your family, you'll have the opportunity to write that check to your family, okay? Now, there are also other ways you can do it. You can, uh, you can fund what's called a SEP IRA. If you have employees, you can do a traditional 401k, a safe harbor, and we can teach you how to structure all of that so that you can own real estate. It's called creating a self-directed retirement account. Now, that really is just a marketing term. It's a bunch of phony baloney because really any type of retirement plan can hold almost anything, any type of investment. Okay, There are a couple things that you can't do. You can't invest in like collectibles, 
can't go buy a primary residence, you know, a couple little things. But other than that, you could go from buying an apartment complex to flipping cars. I mean, that's how dynamic it can be. Okay. So I said self-directed is kind of a marketing term because these accounts that are set up, so like a solo K, that's just a tax structure. Think of it like an umbrella. An umbrella's purpose is to keep the rain out of our face. Well, a solo K's purpose is to keep taxes out of our, you know, keep the IRS out of our pocket, okay? And under that umbrella, we get, we get to choose the type of investments we want, you know, how, how to direct them. So it's called a self-directed retirement account because you're in control, not some financial advisor that's saying, look, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the only thing you can invest in are stock, these stocks, bonds, mutual funds. And the only reason that they're telling you that is because that is all their company allows you to do because that's all that they sell and that's how they make money. So we help set up these accounts so that you're in the driver's seat and you control whatever it is that you want to do, again, within some reasons, okay? So um, that's the second way if you're a business owner is we can set up a you know, a solo 401k, we can set up if you make quite a bit of money, we can set up a super, we call a super 401k, where you can put hundreds of thousands of dollars a year away, potentially, if, uh, you know, after we kind of understand the structure of your business. So real estate, regardless of how we slice it up, and if you do it right, can help you help help offset the number one expense you're going to have your entire life, which are taxes, okay? And I think we've outlined how to do that. Any questions, we'd love to spend some time. See, this is what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced if people actually knew, like you and me. See, I grew up in a small town, southern Utah. My dad was a mechanic. I'd worked some summers on the grandpa's farm and the melon patch and shucking corn and re-roofing a barn and all of that stuff. And so I wasn't taught any of this stuff. But thank goodness that I, I ran into a guy that piqued my curiosity and I've spent the last, you know, 12, 14, 15, 16 years learning about this. And you might be impressed to hear that I have this bachelor's degree in finance and that I have all these licenses from financial advising. And, and I'll tell you where I learned all of it is reading books and listening to guys that were so much smarter than me attending courses and spending money to help, you know, so that I can then turn and pay it forward and, and help, uh, help people realize that, that you can be in the driver's seat. You can invest in things you understand. And I believe that if everyone understood the power of real estate, more people would want to invest in it if they knew that it could be much simpler than you know, what they assume. So go be great today because nothing else pays. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Any questions, feel free to email us at uh, Terrence, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, Invictus, R-E-G.com. Be glad to take any questions you have and uh, we will talk to you soon.